Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hey, y'all. It's me, Kayla, back for my solo Missing Molly So Much episode. Oh, gosh. I do prefer to have her on the other side of the internet connection uh, to chat with. But as you can tell, we are very chatty. Um, But I'm back this week. I um, have a topic on my mind that I literally cannot stop thinking about. I like trying to do my work and I'm like, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. Um... As you can tell from the title, when you clicked on to listen to the episode, um, we're going to talk about using and navigating vanilla platforms when you create adult content. And I use the term vanilla just to separate it from non-adult. Non-adult does not sound fun to me. I like to say vanilla. I do not use that as a pejorative. I do not think that vanilla is inherently bad. Um, I just think it's different and it's not related to sex. Um, And so that's why I use that term. But um, the topic came to mind um, because yet again, um, there have been uh, people talking about different ways that different platforms have kicked them off or made it impossible for them to function. I recently read um, a blog post by an adult creator who was essentially not completely kicked off. No, I think she was kicked off. She was kicked off of Vimeo, which is a video hosting, video sharing site. Um, And then I know of at least two creators who ran into trouble with Patreon, where Patreon said, yeah, yeah, no, you can't have that content here. And if you don't remove that content, we're going to cancel your account. I do not know if their accounts got closed or not. Um, I just saw little bits and pieces of the um, conversation on Twitter about it. And um, the initial reaction from everybody who goes through this and anybody who's ever been knocked off a platform, been deplatformed, had their um, information lost, the anger, the outrage, even the fear, the anxiety, those are all completely understandable emotions. Um, I think any adult content creator should should feel for people going through that. I also think that uh, the wisest course of action, um, if you are witnessing it happening to somebody else, is not to have that moment of, oh, that sucks for them, but I'm fine. It is to realize that it can happen to any of us at any point. Um, The nature of how we do business online, though, means that in order to reach the largest potential audiences, 
um, we're going to be using vanilla platforms and that could be Patreon. It could be YouTube. It can be Twitter. It can be, um, Facebook. It can be any of those. Um, I think many of us, um, know and understand that many of these platforms are not adult friendly. Um, and I think many of us understand that they should be where adults gather. Sex should not be hidden away or made to be shameful or something that we are not supposed to talk about. Uh, sex, sexuality, um, whether you're at one end of the spectrum where you don't want sex at all, or you're at the other end of the spectrum where you want all the sex, um, is an inherent part of human nature. It's not something to be um, denied or to be treated as a bad thing, even though these platforms treat it as a bad thing and that it is shameful and should be hidden. Um, the, this is censorship. In, with different names and, and, and taking place in different ways, but it is censorship. It is, oh, you're allowed to be here and you're allowed to promote an audience and you're allowed to make us as this platform a little bit of money. Oh, but you're not allowed to be found or seen or discovered or we're gonna shadow ban you or we're gonna make it impossible for anybody to just find you or see your message. Oh, and you're gonna do you know, the same kind of thing using the same language or the same images for five years and then out of nowhere, we're going to tell you, you can't do that anymore. And all of that is inherently bad and wrong and is something to fight against. And in this conversation that I want to have about navigating vanilla platforms, I want to make sure that you know that before I feel that way before going in, that you understand that I understand and agree that we, um, the collective, we, need to fight against these things. And part of fighting against them is just being there and being who we are at, without shame and without censorship and saying, hey, I understand I have to be careful because people who are underage should not see this and people who do not consent to th see this shouldn't see this. But also I have a right to be here and there's nothing inherently wrong with what I'm doing or talking about or the content I'm producing. Uh, I also think that some people are better at fighting in the angry, shouty, going up against the man kind of thing. And then there are those of us who are not that at all. I'm one of those people who does not know, no, I do not navigate the world that way. And our job is to support the people in that good fight and to boost their voices. And when we can afford to do so, to throw cash their way so they can keep the fight going and all of that. Um, truly, I sort of believe on a philosophical level that, um, places like Twitter and Patreon and all these other places are not going to necessarily change because we, the creators are saying something or doing something. I think it will only be when the consumers, the general public, uh, in some cases, the general public is the product. Um, that's why social media is free to use. Um, but until they begin to um, make their voices heard or make it sort of known that this is what they want and why aren't they getting the content that they want, um, we can continue to be ignored because in a, a large entity like Twitter or Facebook's mind, we are the minority. We don't actually matter. Um, I'm not all like, I don't have like a utopian view that I think that if the, the masses rise up and demand their porn, that these platforms will make an immediate change. I don't think it's anything like that either. I just think that it's up to the general population to decide that sex isn't something that should be hidden or treated as a shameful thing. And then slowly over time, things may change. I am pessimistic enough to believe that as I am just shy of 40 at this point, these changes probably will not happen in my lifetime. But if you are, let's say you're 2021, 20, they might happen in your lifetime. I have enough optimism left that that is, that is the case. Um, 
until then, I think we have to be very practical about what it means to create adult content in the world we live in today, not the world we hope to see in the future, not even the world we're trying to create and would love it to happen, you know, tomorrow, uh, the world we live in today. And I think that um, decisions have to be made. And I think that if one of the decisions you make is you are going to attempt to use vanilla platforms that are not made for adult creators or with adult creators in mind, then there are things to think about. Now, I'm going to share with you my experiences and the way I navigate this. My way is not the only way. Uh, my way might not even be the best way. I have no doubt there are people out there who have figured out better ways of doing things. Ultimately, what you have to do is find the way that works for you. Um, the first thing, the first decision you have to make is if you are going to use those vanilla platforms at all. And I think a lot of people would say, well, of course I am. Those places have the numbers. Um, and on one level, I completely get that thinking. I use the vanilla platforms for those reasons as well. They have the numbers, they have the infrastructure, they have the um, long-standing reputation and social proof of working in the way you need them to work, to, uh, being user-friendly. Um, they're all trying to make us addicted to their apps. That's not good for us as individuals, but when you're trying to get eyeballs on your content, it's not the most awful thing either. So, um, that's what, I mean, I can tell you right now, that's why I make that decision to be there. Um, but there is something to be said about also deciding that you will primarily stick with platforms designed for adult content. That could be FetLife, that could be campsites, that could be many vids, that could be, it could be it, as problematic as Pornhub is, it could be Pornhub if that is part of your decision-making process. Why would you do that? Because you are already welcome there. Your content on some level is welcome there. There is a built-in audience who is seeking sexual content, who is open to sexual content. The numbers might be smaller, but they are concentrated. That's what the people are there for. And with a lot of hard work and plenty of time and all of the other things that go into building audiences, you may find a an active, a rabid audience there your numbers will be smaller overall, but if they're throwing their money at you, it's not, it doesn't matter. You don't need, you know, 300 million people, potential people, if, you know, 200 devoted people can, who want your content can help you reach your financial goals. So that is a strategic decision. For me, I um, stick mainly with content that while some people would not call what I create adult content, um, I write a little bit of erotic nonfiction, but most of the stuff I write is advice and how to's and informational things. But the fact, the sheer fact that I mention sex or I mention BDSM in a lot of platforms minds, that makes me adult content. But my content might not make sense on a platform like, you know, many vids that doesn't i don't make videos in that way i'm not um i'm most likely not creating the content that that target audience is seeking could i do something on fet life sure i could um it doesn't work for me so that's not why I, mean. I that's sort of that's my decision making process i looked at it and went yeah i see its value it's not for me and i moved on um so that's the first decision you have to make 
That doesn't mean you can, you have to, or should, there's no have to or should in any of this, uh, ignore vanilla platforms. If you do stick with adult content, um, platforms, um, that you can mix and match, you can make them all work for you. Um, the other option and the option that Molly and myself and Michael and anybody who writes a sex blog, um, will probably scream at you at some point, uh, would be to self host your own content. As long as you're using a relatively friendly, um, um, host, um, provider, um, that's yours. That's your content. Nobody can take it away. As long as you're willing to pay the bill monthly or yearly or whatever, that's your space. Um, there was a brief time where I tried and I decided the decision was I wanted all of my money-making opportunities to come through my website. I did not want to depend on outside platforms, Patreon or any of the others. Um, I didn't, I couldn't for different thing, reasons. And I, now I just don't want to, I didn't want to use outside shop places like Shopify or whatever and have my products hosted through other sites. I wanted to all hosted through me. Um, I wanted to totally control um, the money coming in and who accessed my content and then just build the traffic to the sites to build the income. Uh, for a very brief moment, Loving BDSM uh, had a membership site component to it. Um, I have not completely rejected that idea after it crashed and burned fabulously, but um, uh, that was part of it. I even did membership hosting through my main personal blog and people who paid either a monthly or yearly amount was very minimal, got access to certain content. Um, I host, I have my own store, my own shop, all of the kinky things that John Brownstone makes, my books, workbooks, blah, blah, blah. It all goes to that shop. It's self-hosted by me. Uh, I use a WooCommerce platform. They don't care. They don't have any say over whether my, um, the things I'm selling are adult in nature, um, because it's a downloadable, uploadable thing. It's not like I'm on their platform. Um, and I, and there was a time that was what I wanted. I wanted all the money to go through what I hosted. And that is an option. You can decide that you're not going to use vanilla platforms. You're not even going to go use other adult content platforms. Um, my understanding is that adult content platforms take a much larger chunk of your earnings than the vanilla platforms do. So Patreon, I am grandfathered in under old fees and I don't pay as much per month as a new creator would at the level of money I bring in. But if I've been told correctly, because I don't have any direct knowledge of adult content sites like cam sites and stuff like that, um, they take an even greater percentage of your earnings. And so if you're like, I don't want anybody to get a percentage of my earnings beyond payment processing fees and blah, 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 I'm gonna do it all through my own website. That is an option too. That then means that your main uh, job is to build traffic to that site. And you will still likely find yourself on vanilla platforms like Twitter or Instagram or whatever to bring traffic to your site. So all of these things will still be a part of that, um, potentially. Uh, quick note, uh, when you do take money through your site or through a third party like Patreon, um, you are, we are all, every one of us, subject to the rules and regulations and requirements of payment processing companies. Um, if you think that Patreon's rules about adult content are draconian, you're not wrong. Um, but some of that isn't really about Patreon so much as it is payment processors and what PayPal will allow, what credit card merchant services will allow. Like those 
there are financial institutions, many, most, all, I would say probably all, that won't even give a sex worker a bank account. Like those, the rules are ridiculous and, and abhorrent and are problematic and they still affect you. So um, that is also, if you're like, oh, I'm going to forget Patreon, I'm gonna forget Twitter, I'm not even gonna go to FetLife, I'm not, I'm just gonna build a thing on my own site and, and bring on all the money through my own site, you still have to navigate a vanilla platforms rules. Um, I do not have all the answers on that. I have some favorites, I have some whatever. If that is something you ever wonder about, maybe that's something I can come back and talk about later. Okay, so, oh good, 15 minutes in and I'm just getting to the here's what to do. Uh, hopefully that first bit was helpful and helping you think about should you be using these platforms at all because that is part of the decision. So the next, the next big thing when you come across a platform is to the best that you can, to the extent that they put it out there, read their terms of service. Now, most platforms are ridiculously vague about their terms of service. They will say pornographic, obscene, uh, sexual, and they won't tell you what they mean, or they'll say some, or they all add language that says, at our discretion, we can change this at any time. So reading the TOS is not perfect. It's only nominally helpful. Um, MailChimp, which is an email service provider, uh, has been touted across the internet as being adult friendly. They booted me off after I'd had an account with them for a few months. I had almost a thousand email subscribers at the time. Um, and the only thing I did different from one email newsletter going out to the next was when I connected it to my Twitter. So when the email newsletter would go out, there would also be a tweet so I could get more eyes on the newsletter, maybe get more subscribers. In that tweet, I used hashtag BDSM. And within moments of that email going out, account locked down, account blocked, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And of course they would not email me back and let me say I would never do that again or let me get my nothing, nothing. I was able to get in to get my email list and that was the only thing I could do. I could, that, that was it. Um, and that was supposedly an adult friendly company. So that's the one thing, that's the other thing I'll tell you is I will tell you that I might have success with an, a vanilla platform um, and the next adult content creator may have a completely different experience. So after that happened, I started getting really paranoid about reading terms of service. And I quickly learned that most of them are very vague and they keep it vague so that they can decide on a whim what's allowed and what's not. And on some levels, I kind of understand that because you can't possibly think of everything um, that you would find offensive in on your platform that you don't want there. So you have to keep it vague. So when something comes up that doesn't completely fit a definition, it can still fit a definition, but those things are applied unevenly and they are inherently unfair to things like adult content that is not illegal. It is not, you know, it is not quote wrong to do. It is just not for everybody. Um, in reading terms of service, when something is not completely spelled out, like they don't even mention sexual content or adult content, or they do mention specific types of adult content, what I have done is I have reached out to the service provider before I sign up. Um, all of my audio uh, files for podcasts are hosted through Blueberry. I love Blueberry. I've not had a problem with them. I like their analytics. They help me get loving BDSM on Spotify. Like I applied to get on Spotify through Blueberry and I think that connection is what really helped. Um, not that somebody went out of their way for me, it was just, it wasn't me going to Spotify directly. So, cause I tried that and got ignored. Um, and I, I liked them. 
but their TOS did not give me the information I wanted. It didn't tell me one way or the other. Is uh, is it okay for a uh, a podcast about BDSM to be on there to be hosted by them? Um, what about masturbation? What about erotica? Like what's allowed? And I so I emailed them and I said, hey, I create this kind of content. Is that allowed? And I got it in writing that yes, it was allowed. Now, caveat. They can put it in writing and then the next day change their mind. It is not foolproof. It is not perfect, but it gave me some peace of mind. Three years later, I think, I think three years ago, I started hosting through Blueberry for audio content. Maybe, yeah, about three years ago and we're still going well. I don't get nasty emails. They, I get, they leave me alone when I need help, when I have needed tech support. They have not blinked. I've gotten help. Nobody's like, oh, you're creating this gross content. Like that's, that's not, they're not worried about that at all. Um, I did the same with an email newsletter service called Mailer Light. That's where Loving BDSM and Smutlancer um, newsletters come out through. Um, they talked about adult content, but so I knew reading that, okay, I would not do a newsletter through KaylaLords.com where there are nude images and there's explicit content. But what about Loving BDSM? What about Smutlancer? It's informational content, none of it's explicit. Could I use their service? Would that be allowed? I couldn't tell through the TOS. So I emailed them and I was like, is this okay? And what they said was, we are okay with it as long as there are, you don't add any explicit images into your email and you do not link to anything with explicit images. I think I might have broken that rule once when I linked to Masturbation Monday. That is possible. But in general, they, they were fine with it because I explained what I was doing. Again, this is where I differ a little bit though. In that case, I couldn't, I would not have connected KaylaLords.com, my sex blog, to Mailer Light because they spelled it out for me. I, somewhere in the depths of my email, I have that email. That same um, company is super, super friendly and helpful when I have a problem with uh, one of their systems. No problem. They don't, they don't treat me weird. They don't take their sweet time. They answer me. At the same time, something like buy me a coffee. I tried to do it with Loving BDSM. We ran into a problem. They didn't kick me off the platform. They just never fixed my problem. And they ignored my emails when I said, hey, this isn't working. And so they effectively kicked me off the platform. Um, I used to have a newsletter for Kayla Lords and I used something called Feed Blitz. I will try to link to all of this in the show notes for you. Uh, it was more expensive than a MailChimp than um, some of the other platforms, um, but they had nothing in their TOS about sex. Like they didn't even say you can't, you know, no adult content, no, 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 no. They, they um, have all have sort of canned language about spamming and, um, and what's allowed and what's not, but they never mentioned it at the time. It's been a few years ago. They didn't mention nothing about adult content. And for two or three years, that is who I used um, for my email newsletter because it was safe to do. I was linking to all kinds of things at KaylaLords.com and Masturbation Monday with no problems. I stopped using them because they were getting too expensive. It was too much money for the, um, the size of my email list. So, always read the TOS. And if the TOS aren't clear to you, then ask. Okay. Um, Patreon, I'd have to go back and reread their TOS, but they made massive changes to their platform in 2017. It is when they pretty much hid all 
um, adult content on their platform and became really explicit about what was allowed and what wasn't. Um, the last time I looked at their TOS and got an email from them, they were very explicit. Um, they're like, no um, erotic imagery, no video, no this, no that, no, like they were very clear. Um, they are one, they're probably the only platform I know of that's that clear, truly. Um, and while some of it is probably about their investors, um, because they weren't taking investment money uh, prior to the time when all this happened, um, but some of it is about those payment processors. I remember getting an email from Patreon that said, if you uh, use PayPal to get paid through us um, from your patrons, um, we have to shut that down. PayPal won't allow us to pay adult accounts um, and, and there's nothing we can do. And then there was enough of an outcry from adult creators that they were able to work out a thing. And my very vague understanding was that because they were saying, no, 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 we could, we can vouch for these adult creators. These are not the spammers you say you're worried about. These are not the types of people you say you're worried about. Um, we can put rules and systems in place. Then that's when PayPal went, okay, through Patreon, you can get paid. Um, and that's when some of the rules got really, really strict. Um, should Patreon have, cave to that? I can't answer that. Of course, had I lost my cash, I would have been screaming, hell yeah, you should have fought that. Um, it's PayPal having an outsized influence on um, payment processing. And when, when one big company makes a rule, the rest of them will follow. I actually use for all payment processing, Patreon and my own shop, I use something called Stripe. Um, they also are sex negative. They are not like a gleaming a shining ray of hope in the world, but they are less strict about it. They, um, the things I have sold at least, or and the money that I have earned, they have not blinked at. So Stripe is, is the one I tend to go with. Um, the next thing is once you know the TOS, once you know the rules, you have to decide if you're gonna play within those rules. Um, there is something to be said for breaking the rules and pushing hard against the boundaries and seeing how far you can go on a vanilla platform. I'm not that type of person. I am a rule follower to the nth degree. That is who I am. If these are the rules, I'm gonna play within the rules. For me, it has not been a problem like on Patreon to play within their rules. Um, I don't want to share erotic imagery. I don't want to make erotic um, video content. I'm informational. I'm uh, more how-to and I'm more personality driven of, hey, I'm just gonna sit here and be goofball Kayla, but I will also keep all my clothes on, thank you very much. And there's nothing wrong with not being that way. There's nothing wrong with going, you know what? I'd like to do all that too. I just wanna be naked and that's my thing. That's who I am and how I wanna express myself. But when you decide to enter a vanilla space that is not, and it's vanilla because it's not made for adult content creators and you, you one need to know what those rules are. And then two, you have to decide how far you're going to push those rules. I'm not willing to push those rules. I know that just by the fact that I'm there and I talk about BDSM, they, that I'm already sort of straining against some of the boundaries of what those platforms think are okay. On the other side, let's say Twitter is my social media of choice. I do not hide naked pictures of myself on Twitter. Hell yeah, go out there. I know that I could be shadow banned. I know that I will, my ability to gain followers will, will slow to a crawl. I have sat and hovered at anywhere from 11,000 
800 to 11,900 Twitter followers for a year or longer. I have been shadow banned for that damn long. Um, <laughs> so, or they throttled me in some other way we just don't know about, but my growth is minimal. And I decided that Twitter would be a place for me to hang out with my friends and people who are already following me. And if you happen to find me there and decide you want to follow me, that's great. But at Kayla Lords, you are probably going to see my tits or my ass at some point. I, cause I don't care partly because Twitter doesn't have an explicit rule against that content. So I'm not really breaking a rule. I just know that the consequences are I'm going to be shadow banned and I don't care at the same time, because Facebook bans and Instagram bans are annoying one and two can interfere with my client work. I'm very careful about what I share on Facebook because I know what the rules are and I know they don't, and I know what the general rules are. They're constantly changing what's allowed and what's not. They don't even like it when you say certain things. Um, and use certain, you know, graphic language, not about the picture, not about what you're linking to, just your own self-expression in words, which is ridiculous. Um, but I do follow their rules because when they ban me for 30 days, I can't even do my client work and that pisses me off. So it's a choice I make. When you make the choice to fight the constraints and the boundaries and to push against them hard, you have to do it knowing that at any point, they're going to shut it down. They're going to find out eventually somebody's going to report you or they're going to do some quote random sort of look peek or whatever they're going to do. They're going to figure it out and they're going to shut you down. Facebook, it's a 30 day ban on Instagram. People get their accounts closed left and right by Instagram. Um, Twitter shadow bans you. And sometimes they put you in a timeout corner and don't let you post for a while. Um, I Personally, I've not had that happen, but I know it's happened to a lot of adult content creators. Patreon will make you take down all your content or they'll just shut down your account. Like things are going to happen. Vimeo, the if I can find the article or the blog post I read, I will definitely link to it in the show notes. Um, they closed the account and gave bullshit answers when the creator was trying to go back and forth going, wait, I've followed your rules and I've tried to play within your rules. And that's also the thing to understand. This is my final point on this. It doesn't really matter if you are creating adult content and let me repeat, it doesn't even have to be explicit. If you're talking about sexuality, you're talking about gender, you're talking about kink and BDSM, even in the most vanilla safe for work terms. Yeah, I know I drop F-bombs, so I know I'm not usually safe for work no matter what I'm talking about because I'm cussing like a sailor. Um, no shade to sailors, but the moment you even talk about the topic in whatever way you choose to talk about it, those platforms will consider you adult content. Even when it's sex education, even when it's age appropriate for people who are under 18 or over 18, even when you mark your account as adult and you follow all of their explicit and implied rules, right? They can still choose to at any point, kick you the fuck off, change the rules, shadow ban you, make it all go away. And I don't say that to like be totally pessimistic and to make you say, well, fuck it. I'm just not going to do this. Um, I think that the more of us who go out there and say, you know what? I have this urge and this drive and this need to share these things with people, whether it's to normalize it or it's to, because it's part of your creative self-expression or it's because you were desperate to educate people so they don't go through some of what you've gone through or whatever, because we all have our own reasons for the, the type of content we create, the way we create it, where we share all of that. Our reasons are our own. When you have, 
when the more of us who come out and do that and do it consistently and do it in spaces where others would tell us we're not allowed, the more we normalize this stuff and the more we normalize this stuff long-term over time, it becomes a little bit less taboo. That is a long ass uphill battle. It will not get solved in 2019. It will not get solved because you sent five angry tweets. Like it, this is a long, long battle. And it is um, not even an inch by inch, day by day kind of thing. It's like a millimeter by millimeter. Like it is scraping along, knowing that you're gonna get ahead and then you're gonna get pushed back another step and you're gonna have to move forward again. And not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody's cut out for that. Some people, because of that sort of fight aspect for it, look at the landscape and go, you know what? I'm gonna lose a big cut of the money I earn from an adult content site, but I know that my content is welcome there and I don't have to fight this fight. What I have to fight, I have to fight the universal fight of just getting people to pay the fuck attention to me and get good at what I do. And some people make that choice so that they can avoid some of this. Um, the thing to know is no matter what choice you make, we all have the same struggle with getting good at what we do which is a big part, not the whole part, but a big part of any kind of success, financial success or otherwise, however you're classifying success, um, is getting good at what you do and is building an audience. That is hard, that is hard in the world in general because there are countless websites out there and there are no brand new unique ideas. There are just unique takes on them. There are authentic ways of being that we don't normally get to see. There are things that capture the attention and some people are just damn good at what they do. And you won't, if, if you hold yourself back going, well, I don't have a unique idea and it's such a noise. The internet is such a noisy place. I shouldn't bother. Yeah. That's, that's something you have to work through. Um, so it's more about figuring out what's true to you and doing what's right for you and getting damn good at it and focusing as much as is healthy for you um, on building the audience, no matter what platform you're on. That is true regardless of where you go to create your content or sell your content or make money. Um, but if you choose, as I choose to do, to use the vanilla platforms to the best of my abilities, you also have the added strain and the added understanding that they could kick you off at any point, that it doesn't matter if you follow all of their rules to the letter, they could change the rules tomorrow and they could decide to kick you off. That is just the down, and that is true in any kind of platform, even adult platforms, um, because it's their sandbox and they get to make the rules, um, which is why I stress so much to people and I try to stress it to myself, that you cannot ever depend on one single stream of income online. Um, I'm doing that right now and I hate it, it's stressing me the hell out. The vast majority of my income comes from client work. And that's fine in and of itself because I have several clients, but of those several clients, the vast majority of my income comes from one client. On average, one client, I bill that client $4,500 to $5,000 a month. That is what I build, uh, real talk here. That's, that's, I put the income reports out. You can see what I bring in in a month. You can also see what I spend. You can like all of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that person, there's no indication to me that there's anything wrong with our working relationship. We'll be working together for hopefully a while to come, but he could close his business tomorrow. And I am at that point unable to pay my monthly expenses. I'm unable to take care of my family. I'm now struggling. 
I'm now panicking. It hasn't happened yet and I'm already panicking because I can see the problem. And so if you're going to use vanilla spaces to make money, Patreon or just PayPal and have people send you money or whatever, even Amazon, ask an erotic author about the amount of times Amazon bans books from their site and pulls them, won't let them be out there because of a title, because of a description. But I had them not want to allow one of my books to go out until I like, I had to change the wording, not on the title, thank goodness, but like in the description, because even though it was like caregiver little dynamic, it to them sounded like it was something else. Oh my God. So it happens in every platform that is not made for adult content. It happens in adult content platforms. FetLife had to change some of the kinks and fetishes it allows or risk losing their, I think it was their payment processing, the, the, the entity that allowed them to accept money and would pay out their money their, in their bank and all of that. And if you think it's just one little teeny tiny company and how come they, it's not. The, the payment systems of the, at least in the US and then of course in the world are massive. They're huge conglomerates and the way one of them goes, most of them go. And so it's a big deal. So it can happen anywhere. Um, but especially if you're going to look at the vanilla platforms because they've got the money, because they have the technology, because they've got the social proof that they work, all of that, do not depend on just one of them. Have multiple streams of income, always have multiple streams of income in general, <laughs> like just in general. And as much as you can own your space, have your own self-hosted website. Okay. Have a place where, um, if your content got yanked from Patreon tomorrow, or it got yanked from this site or that site, you could put it back up in your own space that you pay for on a host that um, has shown it is adult friendly. And even if you are with an adult friendly uh, hosting provider for your website, back up your content regularly so that if the rules change tomorrow, you've got all your content, you've got your domain and you just go to the next place and you upload it back and you start again. Um, I cannot emphasize more the um, need and the importance of building an audience that comes to a space you own in order to kind of give yourself a little bit more security. It's not perfect. Nothing is, um, anything can happen says the anxious person. So of course I qualify. I don't ever speak in like absolutes. <laughs> I know anything can happen. Um, but that is your the best thing you can do. If you go out and you branch out onto all these other platforms, adult content platforms or not, uh, or the vanilla ones, always have a home base, always have a place where your content can live and always put your biggest focus if you can. This one is, I would say is closer to an absolute in building the audience that knows your site exists so that if you needed to or wanted to, or it made more sense to, you could actually potentially start using that site as the place to make money from and not worry about the other platforms at all. That doesn't make it easy to do. One day I might uh, talk about my trials and tribulations in trying to have a membership site and the thing, God knows the things I learned about what not to do. Um, but I haven't figured out how to do it successfully yet either. So I'm not sure how helpful that would be. Um, it is an option that most people don't even think about or realize. Um, and that for some people might be the, the best way. One day it might be the best option for, for one of my sites again, I don't know. Until then I am using the vanilla platforms and I am trying to work within their rules. And I am also aware 
that sometimes the rules don't matter even when you create adult content. So that was my long rambling, um, a little bit ranty um, episode this week. I hopefully I I don't want to discourage anybody from going one way or the other. I just want you to think about it in a uh, holistic way. I want you to tr- even when you don't know yet because you don't have the experience to think about the ins and outs. I want you to start down that path. If you're thinking of jumping on a platform, I want you to to get better at researching it and talking to other people who use it and reading the fine details and not being afraid to reach out and say, what are the rules for this? Am I even allowed here? They'll tell you, oh, believe me, they will tell you. Um, You can't trust that completely. But if the answer is no, I would rather know that I'm not allowed before I make my account, quite frankly. I'd rather you just tell me up front and then I go, okay, have a nice life and we move on because there's nothing worse than having put in all the work and put in all the effort and, and gotten some benefit from the platform and then losing the platform. That, that is a, not just demoralizing and, and hurtful, it's a waste of fucking time. Had I known from the beginning, I'd have gone somewhere else. So um, read the TOS, when the terms of service are not clear, reach out and ask if it's okay if you're there and what the rules are. Um, decide when you get there if you're going to stay firmly within the rules or if you're going to push boundaries. And then know that the rules can still change at any point. And as adult content creators, we're pretty much never completely safe. And the best thing to do is to own a space that you fully control and can if you did get kicked off, you could rebuild it in almost no time and get back up and running. And that is with a self-hosted website, which we have talked about a lot around here at Smut Lancers. Uh, I'll link to uh, Molly and Michael's last episode that they did on it. And I'll probably link to my sex blog guide and all those other things. And so if you're still not on the self-hosting train yet, um, maybe those things will help you. Okay. That is it for me this week. And next week, I've stopped trying to tell you what number these episodes are. Cause I clearly cannot keep count as episode 59, which I called episode 60. If that's any indication, um, I think this is episode 61 and I think the next episode is 62, but I don't really know. Um, that will be Molly and Michael again. They have, um, that's a good episode coming out too. Um, and then give us a couple weeks. It'll be me and Molly again. And I'm sure we will ramble and rant together as we do. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you for showing up. Thank you for giving me this platform to do my rambly rants and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.